like sports, I could do something in sports. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color man. Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcasting. Well, that's really not fair. Hello and welcome to another episode of Boxing One. I'm Martin Faruqi and I have here with me Ron Salgado. Prime Bose, the full roster is back. I hope you enjoyed our last episode. Uh, it was about the, well, Ron, you were talking about the NBA playoffs and recaps, some of the stuff, right? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I did my best going solo. Um, I did a pretty good job. I liked it. It's, it's always better to have some help though. Yeah, we'll do what we can. You know, we're the Mike McCoys, I guess. So we've been called <laughs> for some reinforcements. And we the can't Mike see Premier today. Football, not football. <laughs> yes, uh, my home is about to undergo a massive renovation. So it's kind of, well, it's a lot of boxes and a lot of packing. It's a bit of a mess right now. Well, I'm just saying I'm glad that it's not Mike Shoparo, you know, looking after your renos because otherwise that wouldn't have gotten done. So... Kudos to you. For well, he did get the, he got the, the needed facilities done. I know, I know. I'm just joking. So basically, Pramit would still have turf on his uh, on his floors. If it were Beeston, he probably would have had to. Got I'm, I'm actually installing turf. Uh, I'm, stall- I'm getting rid of hardware. Turf. That's, that's a good move, man. That's I, I hear. Like I, I saw a couple of recent uh, home decoration magazines, and I'm pretty sure I saw turf in there. Really? No, God, no, 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 definitely not. I, I, I don't even. Do people still read magazines? I don't know, man. What about infield dirt? That would look pretty cool, like as a divider. <laughs> so, do, do you do you force people to wear slippers when they come in, or they have to go barefoot? What's the what's the protocol? Barefoot. No, I'm following proper physical distancing measures, so I don't invite anybody in my place these days. <laughs> that's, but that's sad. if somebody has come in, like a like a contractor, for example, no, 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 they can go. Uh, they can keep their shoes on. I mean, it's all going to be ripped apart anyway soon enough. Good luck with that, though. Hopefully, it's quick and, and it gets over and done with. Yeah, well, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a couple of weeks for sh- at least, and so we'll see. Um, I think it'll get done, and it'll look great when it's done. But right, it's so like you, I'm, we're rebuilding it again. Like I'm tanking my condo right now to rebuild a new one. So we have to like we're selling everything off, and we're gonna and we're doing a proper tank job here. Well, hopefully <laughs> so, you don't end up with Billy McKinney and uh, Brandon Drury. As long as you know you have something better than that, you'll be okay. Oh, that, that's going to, I don't know. That's going to go down as a horrible, horrible trade in the Shatkins era. Although the defenders will say Hap was pitching pretty badly when the deal was done, and he's really not that valuable. You'd hope for at least like a serviceable reliever coming back. I mean, they got nothing. Like, McKinney's gone. Drury's going to be non-tendered. Oh, unfortunately. Let's not harp on uh, the past. The Blue Jays are in playoffs now. Uh, first true playoff appearance uh, of the Shatkins era. I know they were there for the 16 as well, but it was mostly a team built uh, by Alex Antopoulos. So I think this is probably the first uh, 
you know, based like this is truly Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro's team, right? Um, so pretty cool moment, regardless of the circumstances or the season. I mean, every team had an equal opportunity, and I think uh, Blue Jays took advantage of it. Uh, it's pretty cool to see them back in playoffs. It's it's cool, but honestly, this it just feels like participation ribbon kind of territory. I, I like I know they had to put in some work to get there, but so in a regular season without any pandemic or anything, would you be okay with an expanded playoff? So like the, would the Jays really deserve to be there? I think so. The rules are the rules. Other teams would have gone through. Like if the Jays had won the last game and Yankees had lost to Marlins, um, or even if Yankees had won, uh, sorry, even if the Jays had won, they would have been the fifth seed. And would you say the same about Yankees then? Or one win would have meant Jays would have been fifth seed, which in normal playoffs would have been a playoff appearance as well, right? Like at least with a wild card game. Fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. Never thought and about it that way. Had this been a normal season, and but the record had been what the record would be, they'd still be in the thick of the race. So even though they wouldn't necessarily be in the post, may or may not make the postseason, they'd be playing a lot of meaningful games into the summertime beyond game 60. And yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel quote unquote real because like it's a shortened season, different rules, et cetera. But they went through a lot. They didn't have a home for a while. They had to play home games on the road. They ended up in Buffalo. Um, They had some injuries that they had to overcome and and they did beat some pretty good teams along the way as well so it's not and as Azam said every other team look at all the teams that didn't get in that still could have gotten in but didn't get in so they the rules were the rules and they got in because of it so good on them they're there now best thing to do is just and go out there and try to win. And I think the other thing about that is it's probably a good, it's not probably a good year to tank, right? I mean, there's not been a lot of minor league baseball this year. There has, I don't know how much college baseball you're going to see or high school baseball. You're going to have a lot of potential prospects in the next draft more than a year removed from, you know, real playing time. You'd rather have your team perform well, get a low draft pick next year, at least make sure you have some chance, right? Once you're in the playoff, it's a crapshoot in baseball. Um, anyone can win. So, I mean, in all honesty, even if, you know, I'm trying to hold my horses, but let's say if Blue Jays go on and win the World Series, they're still not going to be the worst World Series winners of all time. I think St. Louis Cardinals, the 2006 Cardinals, would probably still be right up there, right, with 83 wins. Yeah, I, I mean, fair point, but it's just, I, I guess it's hard to look past the fact that it's a shortened season. And I, like, I know you, you guys keep saying like, you know, everybody's, we're all playing the same game. Um, other teams are, are, are faced with the same thing. So, you know, we're just playing within the rules and, and we got in, we had the same chance as everybody else. But do you think like in, in a, if you extrapolate what we did over a full season, like let's say next year, is is this fool's gold, or do you do you fully expect that, you know, they they could actually make a run, a legitimate run at at a at a playoff spot without the expanded playoffs? That's a really good point, and I don't know because okay, so here's the thing: 
I don't know what to make of Teoscar Hernandez, and he was a big part of this year's offense, right? I mean, it's such a short sample size. Like, I know, okay, so Kalen Biju had a pretty good year as a rookie last year, and he carried on, in fact, uh, was even better this year. But then again, is 62 games a mirage, or is that sustainable? Those are very fair points. We don't know. Um they don't have a lot of pitching depth, right? I mean, they do have depth, but they don't have bona fide MLB starters, uh, a lot of them, right, uh, for next year, let's say. So, yeah, those are all uh, very good questions. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think they'd be in the mix in the wild card race into June, July. And I'm, and as you guys Remember, I did declare that they weren't even going to get the eighth seed this year a month and a half ago. So, I, I they don't have the rotation is a challenge, and the when you win with a bullpen, heavily bullpen, it's not really a long term sustainable model. But I think that a lot of the young guys offensively got better. I think, and they grew. I think we're slowly starting to see Vlad take a big step forward. Um, Bull Cabin. We're good. Tay Oscar, we'll see. Guriel seems to be a keeper. So there's a base to build upon. There, there are still some uncertainties in the rotation outside of uh, Ryu. But one thing that I've said before that the Shatkins era, coming from Cleveland, that or them in Cleveland and now over here, they're very, very good at developing pitching. I mean, and guys, frontline guys that were not top draft picks like Shane Bieber right now. He's going to win the Cy Young award. He was a fourth rounder in 2016. Like they, Corey Kluber, they came, they didn't even have his first full year until 2000, until he was 28. Um, Clevenger before they traded him. Like they, the Cleveland organization in the past five, six, seven years have developed a lot of really, really good frontline starters out of guys that were non-prospects or very uh, low, lower regard, more low, lowly regard prospects. So if that model is here, you would think that in theory, a lot of the arms that they have, maybe at least a couple of them can turn into good starters. But I mean, Roark was a failure. Chase Anderson will not be back. Like, Yamaguchi was awful. So it's not perfect. There's still work to do. But I do think that there is some potential there is potential there i think if in a longer season you would also see a little bit more development right you would you'd probably see guys like anthony k in the rotation which again so yeah i mean it's not fair to say they don't have a lot of depth if i think about it k would have been in the rotation baroki would have been in the mix uh you probably would have had teachers who i get some opportunities at least some spot starts here and there pearson would have uh, you know probably 20 starts at least so you 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 potentially could have seen a lot of young guys as well, right? And they signed Chase Anders. They still had Tanner Roark as a back-end guy. Um, they acquired Chase Anderson earlier in the offseason. He would have been a useful... He will not be back. He will no, he be probably back. wouldn't. But, I mean, they were trying to build that back-end depth a little bit, right? Because they probably realized some young kids may struggle, you know, and they have a lot of these young guys. But, I mean, overall... I've liked what I've seen from Anthony Kay. Um, Baroki has looked good um, in the bullpen. We'll see how he does next year. So they're definitely 
still an upward trajectory, I would say. Yeah. So I, I think the thing that I like about what I've seen this season is, you know, you apparently, like you said, some of the guys that you look, you look at on our, in our lineup, um, you see, you've seen some growth from some of the younger guys, um, Vlad over the past, what, maybe week to two weeks has really looked like he's, he's starting to, to come around and, and maybe will end up at what, what, what they hope he could be. Um, and you know the, the 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 part that's a shame about this all is that we don't get to see the growth of Vlad over an entire season to see what that entire body of work would have been. So like it it's there there's some good, but it just it just feels like it's it's unfinished. It feels like they started painting on that canvas, and there's the, like it's starting to look really good. It's really starting to take shape, but you know somebody ripped it away, and and now we can't see the rest of it. I mean, we can see the rest in in the playoffs. Um, and I, I guess the good thing about the playoffs and the way the first round is set up is that it's three games. And like you guys have said before, it's a crapshoot. Anything can happen. And if anything, the way we've been using our bullpen, this kind of all works out because, you know, we, we can get a little bit creative with how we, how we work the staff and maybe we can steal some wins. Um, so I don't know if you guys want to get into talking about the series and, and kind of previewing what we think is going to happen. Um, I have my thoughts, not good, but um, you know, uh, we might as well get into it. Yeah. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think the Jays, are take, the Jays could very well take this series 2-1. Um, the reason, okay, so Tampa's mostly had their number over the years. Um, I think they've won the series this year as well. But the Jays actually outscored them 48-44. and 44. And in all honesty, I was kind of glad they lost uh, the last game of the season. I'd rather have them face Tampa. And I know with due respect to Tampa, it's a great ball club, great pitching staff. I don't want to go into a three-match series against Carrasco and uh, Bieber. Uh, you know, rack up 40 strikeouts and you don't get to game three. Uh, so I- I'm kind of glad they're in uh, the eighth spot. Um, Snell, even, like, they've done well against him in one of the games, if I'm not mistaken, they didn't score a lot against him, but they had him on the ropes like a number of times. Um, I think from a pitching matchup, it was interesting to see Matt Shoemaker getting game game one. But I think it's probably because they wanted to give Ryu uh, an extra day's rest, which historically has always uh, been has worked out for him. Uh, and I think the other reason was Taiwan Walker's um, splits against lefties. I, I think the OPS is over 800 and... Uh, for Shoemaker, it's uh, more evenly split between lefties and righties, and Tampa's a pretty heavy lefty-heavy lineup. So that that does make sense. And I think starting Shoemaker basically means that game one's going to be a bullpen day. Uh, I, I personally don't see Shoemaker going more than three innings. Uh, I think uh, you'll probably see someone like a Hatcher or Pearson maybe uh, come in a couple of innings, and uh, maybe that's how they're going to go. They actually, so, yeah, they pound lefties tampa i believe it or not their left their numbers against lefties are better than their numbers against righties so it Mm. could be that i'm looking at right now i'm pulling up 2000 and looking at the splits for 2000 and for this season if i could get that number but they have a weighted runs plus of about 130 versus lefties so it's interesting. They actually do hit. I think that's probably part of the reason why they reuse their ace. So they have to put him in game one or two. Lefty. But I can understand why they opted to go for a righty starter to start the series because they just won't hit righties as well. 
and maybe sneak a win, give Ryu that extra day, whether you're up by one, down by one, anyway, game to every game is must win now. So it doesn't really matter if you start him gate. It's not like a series where you want to start him one so you can bring him back in game four or five. So it's fine starting him. The only concern is if you don't start him, you're really, and you lose, and you, especially if it's a close game, then you're really giving yourself minimal room for error in game two. So, and, and that's, that's, that's what I don't like about this is that I know you're young. I know you're not expecting a lot of, a, a, a lot from this, but you got to come out with your best. Ryu has been your best. Like wh- why mess around with anything? I, I just think they're overthinking it. Um, I mean, it, it could work out. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Like time will tell. The one thing that I'm excited about is that with the Snell matchup, I think we see Alejandro Kirk get in as a DH. I don't like I, I. I don't know if you guys agree, but I don't think there's any way you can trust him as a catcher in this series. Uh, just defensively um managing the staff i don't i don't think you want to trust him with that because i don't think he's shown a lot yet uh he can't he, he can't control the running game um but i want to see that bat out there and like i'm st- so i'm still looking for that rookie card uh i i found it i just haven't pulled the trigger but man, that's that's the one thing that has me excited but overall i'm not expecting a lot from this series and mostly it's just going to be let's get some uh, let's let's get some time for the the kids in real competitive games and playoff in a playoff at well playoff atmosphere because I mean you don't really have the fans which is part of the fun of playoff well, baseball. Yeah, but they're not fans anyways. <laughs> That's a good point. Remember Logan Morrison when they asked him, um, uh, you know how how does it feel like in uh, playing in front of an empty stadium? He's like, I've played for Marlins and Rays. I'm used to it. It's so true. It's so true. But no, I think those are very fair points. And, and it is a bit of a head scratcher. Um, I mean, I see the rationale. I probably would have preferred to see, you know, them start Rio. Just because, uh, just go. You, you know what? Every game is sort of like the last game, right? Like, you, you're not going to s- survive. You can't plan for game three in a series like this. You've got to plan for game one. Use whatever means necessary, win game one, and then think about game two and then and so on and they, so on. you're not going to have yeah, a, a they, lot of options. Yeah, they, yeah, I just pulled up the stats. So 124 weighted runs created plus. So that means they're 24% better than league average versus left-handed pitching. So they pound lefties. So that could be part of the reason why they opted What's the, to go what, what, the right what is it against righties? 105. So they're above average, but it's clear clearly better against lefties. Now, the Jays' best pitcher is a lefty, so I get it. I I, I think Ron has Ron does have a point. I think if it's a five game series, Ryu starts game one. Yeah, so you can bring him back. If it's a three gamer, does a game one or two really matter as much? Because well, he just got to win everything for sure. He's going to start two for sure. You can lose out on a series with your ace sitting for game three. That's not going to happen for sure. Yeah, that would he have to? Yeah, so. I don't mind it as I thought they would have maybe gone with Walker in game one. I know he did pitch on a Friday, but it was three innings only was they deliberately just kept. It was more like a side session than anything else. So I thought maybe they'd consider to shorten rest and uh, bring him in. I think Walker would be a better matchup 
I think, than Shoemaker. Shoemaker can't go that deep anyways. He's still on a uh, pitch count coming back off the injury. So he might be able to get two, three, and three to four innings max out of yeah. him. And then you got to go with Robbie Ray to piggyback, yeah. and he's a lucky. So unless they have another uh, backup plan in mind to uh, follow, to follow well, uh, Shoemaker, well, I don't like Robbie Ray pitching in game one. Who? Robbie Ray. Well, it'll be interesting, right? I mean, it's funny you mentioned the pound lefties, and even though they're a lefty-heavy lineup, right? So is it because of platoon strips, or is it splits, or is it because they're right? They've got stronger righty hitters. I think it's a combination of both. I think they just have a really, really. I mean, their best hitter this year was uh, Brandon Lowe, who's a left-handed hitter. Mm-hmm. Now I just think they have really good hitting, and they just tend to hit lefties better. And the Rays are always a little different in the way they build lineups, right? Like, they will target left-handed hitters who can hit left-handed pitching so teams cannot match up against them as well. Yeah, Those little subtle you know or I mean, with the five left- ways to develop players like that in the minors. So you make it hard. They I, will I read- match up you to death, and they won't let other teams do the same. Yeah, and I know I read something about how in a lineup this year they went nine lefties, which mm-hmm. I, I don't think has ever been done. And yeah, I, I think there's something to the fact that they they target, they definitely target left-handed hitters who can who can hit lefties, um, or right-handed hitters who can hit righties, or they develop that in the minors. Or, but I mean, when they, you say they match lefties, right? We got to be careful that. That sample is about a quarter of what they would do be against righties, right? Like they've got fifteen hundred at bats against right right-handed pitches and about five hundred against left-handed, right? And a lot of those versus left-handed, uh, you've got to remember that there are a lot of guys coming out from the bullpen, and then with the three-man rule, they probably ended up facing a lot of righties and stuff as well, right? So they use that platoon advantage. So I, I don't know just how much that lefty mashing. Uh, really really exists they're probably above average i mean that's a very high wrc but uh even then i think we uh, I, I think that's i think one of the reasons probably is that yeah i think just because i think shoemaker has better splits and that's why they failed and they want to give rio game two again they, we, we will never know the real reason but we can all speculate right Ironically, Brandon Lowe, who hits left, who I know it's a smaller sample size, mm-hmm. but this year he's a left-handed hitter who hit lefties better than righties. Really? And mm-hmm. if we take yeah, a look at, well, now I've gone from weighted runs created plus to OPS plus. So versus left-handed pitchers, he's at 56 plate appearances. Again, smaller, but 186 OPS plus. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at. Right-handed, 125. I mean, Brandon Lowe was great this year, regardless. Yeah, he had more power against righties. Actually, no, I take that back. He had – he was better at all all across the board against lefties. Uh, six home runs in 56 at-bats versus eight home runs in 164 plate appearances. Sorry, played 56 plate appearances, eight home runs, 164 plate appearances. So he's an outlier. He's a guy that – 
he can hit both very, very well. So I think the Jays are definitely going. Uh, I do think they want to marginalize them by going righty heavy around Ryu, which maybe might end up being the smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Azam, you're saying the Jays might win. You you think they're going to win in three? I think so. Primate, you have a prediction? Um, I, I'm still giving the edge to Tampa only because I know the Jays outscored them everything better, but the Jays just have a history of having like disastrous things happen to them in that ballpark no matter what. You could have a lead and then some fluky screwed up play happens in the ninth inning and, it, and you lose it. So I'm going with Tampa because I'm oh, I'm picking. I want the Jays to win, obviously, but I think Tampa will win this series in three because I, I really believe that knowing the Jays' luck in that stadium, it's going to be some weird ass fluky event that will lead to their the catwalk is coming into play through something like that. Like two of the three, I think they were two or three games this year were walk offs that the Jays would have had the lead in after eight. That you fluky stuff that just wouldn't happen otherwise except versus Tampa. And, and I think one reason why you may want to give edge to Tampa and I and I and I agree is because I, I think winning one zero two one four two is not really Jay's cup of tea lately. It's been like you know they lose twenty and ten or they win eleven and four or eleven and eight and not even eleven and four. It's like so yeah I mean uh, their often uh, offense has to be like like one to nine. Everyone's got to be hot for them to win the series. Three games. I mean, anything can happen. I mean, yep. any, any, anything can happen. This is so. This is so weird. Uh, having a best of three. So we've never had this before. So so I've, I've yet to make my prediction. Mm-hmm. And in a shocker, I'm gonna go Tampa in two. And I I don't like. I, I'm I'm just I'm just not not confident. Um, I don't know. It's it's just a feeling, I can, guys. I can see just, that. It's it's a weird season. Like we uh, we honestly don't know what's gonna happen. That like the the Jays bats could get hot out of out of nowhere for a couple games and and steal them, but it's not gonna happen. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> but it, it's not gonna happen. Tampa in two. Uh, I, I like as much as I, I I hate the Rays. I hate seeing games at the Trop. Um, I, I wish we got a game at, at Salem field. Cause I, I think there would be a little bit of an advantage if we can play a game there, but it's, it's going to be the raise. It's going to be in two games. Maybe the Ryu game is, is close because maybe he pitches a gem, but I just, I, I don't think we have the horses to win this race guys. I wouldn't be surprised if they it's lose. Not a race. It's not a race, man. It's a three gamer. Anything could happen. That's the thing. It's just, that's how crazy this format is. So it's a sprint. Talking of predictions, what's your prediction on the Marlins series, Ron? All right, so let's get this out of the way. I, I, I was prepared for this. I knew this was coming. So this is the Marlins' third time in team history in the postseason. They have never won a division, uh, but they've won two World Series. So two wild card appearances. Two World Series. This is the third wild card appearance. Guys, I think it's obvious what's going to happen. 
the Marlins are going to beat the Cubs. They'll beat them in three games, and they're going to go on to win the World Series. Like it, it's 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 done. It's 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 written, and this is the perfect season for them to do it. Back to the Future Two, two thousand fifteen. <laughs> the Cubs win over Miami. That series is finally happening five years later in a in a really screwed up kind of year as well. No, I think. Uh, I mean, three games. I I, I think Cubs are going to win that series. No, in, 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 yeah, in all, in all seriousness, I was looking at the numbers and like the the Marlins' offense. Actually, the Cubs' offense isn't great either. Um, hmm. They definitely have more postseason experience. Um, the the Marlins just don't have a lot. I mean, other than the fact that you know they can steal some bases, um, maybe they steal a game. But no, it's it's not even going to be close. That's that's going to be two nothing for the Cubs as well. Um, but it would be a great story if the Marlins did it again, where they won that World Series with no chance. But like those two teams that won the World Series had some actual talent. Like not that you know there's some talent on the Marlins, but n- nothing like the two World Series teams that won. Um, yeah, it's it's not going to be close. I would I'm, I'm going to watch. I haven't watched a lot of the Marlins in the past few years, but it'll it'll be nice to see. And it's it's nice that this is the first time in 17 years that they made the postseason. Like that's that's despicable. Um, so just just the fact that they're there and, and for some of those guys, especially with the way the season started with with all the COVID cases, the fact that they, I said this earlier to you guys, the fact that they were actually able to get 60 games in is unreal to me with with all the issues that they were having, all the minor leaguers that they had in, in, in the lineup. So let me ask you guys, you know, early on in the season with the Marlins outbreak and uh, and I know I'm going off on a tangent and then we heard about cards and uh, it, there was this inevitable feeling of when the season's going to get shut down, right? And Manfred would just somehow want to get to postseason. I mean, at this point, you want to give them some credit. Pretty much every team got to 62 games, right? Or 60 games, sorry. Why am I keep saying 62? Except for the Cardinals, I think. Yeah. They And they, they hit 58. Like yeah. we were all joking about this earlier. Like it, it was going to last two weeks. There was actually at one point where um, MLB told their their broadcast partners, make sure you have some alternative programming for for after the weekend because this this might not happen. Mm-hmm. They they definitely deserve some credit. I have no idea how we're at this point where we're actually going to make it to the playoffs. Do you guys think we're making it to the World Series? Yeah, because you've gotten rid of a bunch of teams. You're now after this round going into a bubble. Yep. So that reduces the risk. So the travel now the travel has become very minimal. It's just a matter of teams following the rules while they're in a bubble, while they're in the bubble. And I'm not familiar with what those rules are, but the bulk of the travel and the going city to city is over. So it's much more of a controlled environment, and you are down to 16 teams, and then by the end of the week you're going to be down to eight teams. And then a week after that, you're going to be down to four. Oh, and it's going to be again in a bubble. So I think the I think we'll make it. But you got to give credit to Rob Manfred. Like if he's if you give him all that flack and deservedly so, then if things go right, I mean, sure, maybe luck played a factor and always does. But you got to give it to MLB for getting through this, right? I guess, yeah, I mean, if they came down harder on teams and made sure that the rules were followed, and if Manfred after, <laughs> if they, 
I find it hard to ever give him credit for anything. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, I mean, they set the. I mean, I would give the more of the credit to the teams and the players and the coaches on those teams that are actually following the rules. I mean, the it's not difficult. Don't go anywhere. Stay stay in your hotel if you're on the road. Minimal. Don't meet with other people at bars and restaurants. The one who did got caught and punished for it, and. Cleveland ended up trading a damn good pitcher like Clevenger because of it. So that probably that sent a message that, you know, teams and leagues are serious. So I would give more of the credit to the players and the teams than Manfred himself. It's not like he was in standing over these guys, keeping everybody in line here. But they, they were kind of other leagues who were in bubbles were doing daily testing. They were doing testing every other day without a bubble. Is that was that the right thing to do, or should they have just spent the money and gone with daily testing, knowing that they weren't going to be having a season in a bubble? I think some of it is luck, and there were outbreaks that happened. And the mod they let the Miami team make the decision to play at that time, which resulted in screwing up the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, they got through it, but how how much of it is Manfred, and how much is it just the players and luck? I mean, I think you've got to rem- like, so I agree, luck, like I said, plays a factor. <clears throat> but I think leagues are starting to learn how to cope with this a little bit. I mean, NFL's gone through, what, three weeks now? Uh, and uh, I-, I was listening to a Free Economics podcast, like an episode, and uh, they had a PA rep on, and they also had uh, a doctor on. He's the chief, I don't know his title, he works for the NFL. And he used to be part of, uh, I think, Department of Defense or something. Or, um, like, I think he was involved with the, the crisis management post 9-11. So they got an individual like that and they put protocols in place and things like that. And I think best practices tend to get shared quite a bit, right? I mean, especially if you see in soccer, I mean, Europe's been a hotbed and they're learning to manage through that, right? In UK and everyone's still traveling and everyone's still playing at home. In fact, the UEFA Super Cup final was uh, in Bucharest and I saw fans in the stadium. That was a bit of a surprise for me, but... Um, so I, Bundesliga's I, got fans. Yeah, Bundesliga's got fans, yeah, Germany. So, I mean, I guess the more time we spend in it, I think the more leagues will and like the players associations, unions, they're probably going to learn a little bit more as well, right? I, I think you'll be able to quantify the risk a little bit better, especially if these ones where they do daily testing and things like that and they have protocols. Because uh, in all honesty, you can't put people in a bubble for a, for a whole season. It's just not going to work. Like, let's be real, right? As much as we want it to, the PA would never go for it, anyways. Like, the, the players would lose their minds. You, you can't, you can't do that to people. Yeah, like, it's not fair. You can't do that. You can't. Yeah. It's cruel. Yeah. Hey, oh, I don't sure. care how many people say, "Oh, they make so much money, this and that." Like, you're, human you're a human being. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, b- before we move on to uh, to the NBA Finals, is is there aside from the aside from the Blue Jays, is there anybody you guys are interested in seeing? Anybody you guys are rooting for? Uh, any predictions for who the winners are going to be or the winner is going to be? It's a good no. one. Uh, good question, but honestly, it's so having teams eliminated in a three game series, like you were going to see some wacky stuff happen. 
So I, I, I don't like, I'm not really big on predictions in this kind of format because who knows? I mean, Okay, I, I might say that the winner may come out of a National League. I think if, again, it's a crapshoot, but I think the winner is going to be one of Dodgers, Braves, or Padres. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with the Padres only because of... Yeah, that's right, that's right. And oh, I, hope, I, I hope he's going to be swinging 3-0 in a... In a, in a, in a you know, bottom of the night. Yeah, 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 yeah. When when the game is over, I I love it. I love Tatis. Um, I just want like I haven't seen him play because I mean, really, with the NBA going on and with us doing this and like just our regular lives, I've I've seen the Jays and whoever they've been playing, which is NL East, AL mm-hmm. East, and that's yep. it. So I haven't seen anybody else. I'm making my prediction. I think. Okay, I'll make one prediction. I think Oakland will represent the AL in the World Series. Finally, after all these years. That's that's a good pick. This is this is a Denver Nuggets level pick. Hey Amen. Does uh does it do I get credit for calling them a sleeper and then getting to the conference final? No, because they weren't even a sleeper. What, what were they? The third seed? Fourth seed? Everybody was saying the two LA teams and Portland. The okay. Portland was a sexy pick as well because they were going to be healthy. That was that was my pick. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Nobody said oh, yeah, Denver's going to go. It was they said LA because the way the they were going to match up against the Clippers in round two if they've got their round two, and a lot of teams picked Utah to beat them. A lot of people rather picked Utah to beat them. They so they so. Anybody matching up against an LA team in this was going to be considered not to go deep. People thought uh, they were going to get swept by the Clippers. Yeah. A- any surprises that the Lakers ended up beating them? Not really. I thought, thought maybe they'd go six. I thought maybe there'd be um, we get a little bit of drama there. I thought maybe Murray would have one of those like psychotic games where he just went off and won them a game. No, I, I, it wears you down going like seven, 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 like every round going, playing in that level of intensity. You need to have a lapper. You need to be able to win a game and win around less than seven games sometimes. And I think it's just, I think they just ran out of gas to be honest. Yeah, when when you looked at the the minutes played uh, by player, Jokic and uh, Jamal Murray had had a they were like maybe a hundred minutes ahead of anybody else who was who was closest. Um, when you put when you put that kind of mileage on guys, like I, I know they hadn't played in in three months or whatever, four months, whatever it was, and they had some rest, but it's gonna wear you down. So I I wasn't surprised at all, and I mean the the LeBron factor. Um, you guys know me. I'm, I was never a, a, a big, big LeBron guy. I've always, you know, kind of been a LeBron hater. But it's it's hard not to appreciate what the guy's been doing, especially that in that in that ga- in that last game where he scored the nine points, uh, nine points in a row, and like one of the shots where he kind of came through the lane, took a step sideways, and took and and took a fa- like a fadeaway, but it was like kind of going sideways, and he still ended up making that basket. Like there are just things that he can do at his age. It's it's incredible, and I'm I'm just learning to sit back and actually enjoy because like even through my childhood, I I hated Jordan, 
So I couldn't even appreciate what Jordan was doing. So I, I don't want to miss this again. You're 17, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it took me 17 years to actually get, get onto the bandwagon. It's unheard of for a guy to be in year 17 and be this good. Well, yeah. like, even stars, many of them don't even play 17 years. Like, yep. it's, it's, to be at this level with that level of that much mileage on all those finals runs and all those people that say, oh, whoa, he's three and six in the final. That doesn't count. How many of the times has he gone into the finals as the favorite? I think really the four Miami teams were the favorites and they were two and two there. Yeah. The Cleveland years, any like that old seven team and then those four years, I mean, Come on, they split Golden State the first two years, and then Golden State went out and got Durant, and then nobody was going to beat them. Yeah, 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 for sure. So even before that, I mean, of those, literally those, carrying Cleveland on its own, right? Honest. Of those five, of those, uh, sorry, of those nine finals team, now ten before this year, of those nine teams that he was on, four of those nine, so less than half of them, he was the favorite. Mm-hmm. And even the Miami 2014 team, again, series, I mean, they ended up hindsight's 2020. But that team, the Miami team that year was starting to run on fumes a bit as well. Wade wasn't the guy he was. The depth got to them. It uh, probably wasn't part of the reason why he left. He saw that they were getting a little older, too. So, yep. No. He's incredible. I think another person who goes underappreciated, and I think we should probably do an episode uh, on him, is I think Eric Spolstra. He's now the second longest tenured coach in NBA. Uh, you know, every time you have these new coaches, new schemes, and, you know, like Nurse we talk about or Brad Stevens, like in most of his the credit that Spolstra gets is because of the big three and, you know. But even outside of that, his record has been – pretty darn good. I mean, like he's building a Hall of Fame caliber resume for himself. Yeah, 591 career rate win percentage in the regular season. 624 in the playoffs. Benefits from the fact that Miami is a very, very stable organization. They don't they don't fire coaches. They don't do knee-jerk stuff. I think since Mickey Arison took over the team from his father mm-hmm. and the other investors in the mid-90s and hired Pat Riley, only had three coaches, Riley, and then Riley moved into the president's role. They promoted Stan Van Gundy. Then when Riley fired him, he came back in and then promoted Spolster on 08, and that's it. And, oh, he's a great coach. I think he benefits from the also, like, again, stable organization. He never has to worry about losing his job. He just coaches. And it's key. It's very it's very difficult I think coaches more than anything else are, are in, in the NBA because these old people, everybody's so impatient. We live in an era of instant gratification. I mean, they'd only made, they've only won one playoff round since LeBron left and coming into this year. And that would have gotten a lot of coaches fired. But it was never a question with him. Never. He got an extension after missing the playoffs last year. And that just goes to show that how great he is because I mean, Pat Riley is demanding and the fact that they have an organization that will actually work together to find, to resolve, to solve problems rather than, and find a way to figure it out rather than just have a musical, musical chairs of executives and coaches. 
Yeah, and I got tired all season, I'll be honest with you, a little bit hearing about the the heat culture. But I mean, there there is definitely something to it. Um, and the fact, like you said, Prime, but the fact that he's, he stayed around through some, some I, I guess what you can call some lean years for, for, uh, for a franchise that won, won some titles. Um, I mean, th- there's, there's definitely something to it. And, and what he's been able to do this year with the guys that he has, um, it's, it's really impressive. Um, but I mean, just looking forward at the series, I think it stops there. Um, LeBron, I'm pretty sure is going to win another title. I'm actually not pretty sure. I think LeBron's getting another title out of this. Yeah, I agree. Numero four. So, but but do you think as a coach this year for Spolstra maybe more satisfying? You don't have big names like he did when he won the championships, and he still coached this team. Like, is it a bit of a surprise that they're in the finals? Kind of. Definitely. Right, like for a once they got, I think they had a better. Sorry to cut you off. I think they had a better regular season than people expected this year. But I think once they got in, teams expect like there was four clear cut favorites in the East, and at that it could have gone to either four. And many teams people were picking them even over Milwaukee. So once the playoffs started, I think they were. So I'm not overly surprised. Yeah, I, I did say it when when the Raptors were playing. I don't know if it was after the Nets series or sometime during the Boston series that, um, you know, even if they got past Boston, I wasn't sure if they'd get past Miami. And it was it was the fact that they're 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 so well coached, and they have it's it's just like the perfect fit of of talent. Like they complement each other so well. And on some of their possessions, when you see when you see the way they move on offense, um, like e- even the Iguodala addition is is starting to look pretty good when, when he first got there i'm like yeah, this this doesn't make sense and i can't remember what they what they ended up paying paying for my pretty sure they overpaid and I'm, i don't know if that's going to look so good next year but i mean it's they, they've had a great year it's it's not something that anybody expected but when you look at it now and and the way they play it, it makes perfect sense but uh, Le- the LeBron factor for me is just what, what what's going to separate the two teams. I'm going to make my prediction. It's going to be the Lakers in five. I'll say Lakers in six. I'll go with six. They got some good support. I mean, Miami got some good supporting guys. I think they can win a couple of games. I mean, they're young. I think they're – okay, so the best two players are on Lakers, no question. Yeah. Obvious. But after that, the next four or five best players – in that series are all on Miami. I'll take Jimmy Butler and Bam Tyler over Hero. like Dragic and Hero and Duncan Robinson and Jay Crowder. I'll take those guys over anybody else, any of the other guys that are on the Lakers. Yeah. What I think is going to be interesting to see is how the Lakers end up, um, like what lineup they end up going with. Because near the end of uh, the Nuggets series, they ended up going with, uh, with Dwight starting at center, which, which, which definitely made an impact, especially after game three, when, when they just got pounded on the boards and then, you know, they, they shuffled it up and, you know, I, I don't think McGee, I don't think he's going to get that spot back. I think if they come out with Dwight, the interesting thing is, is going to be the matchups with, with, with Dwight out there. Um, because I, I don't know that. So Bam will probably end up covering uh, AD. Um, I think AD wins that matchup puts a little bit 
of pressure on Bam. I, I just don't know what's going to happen defensively. I get, I guess you can try Dwight on him, but I don't know if that'll go well for the Lakers. It'll be interesting because Vogel is another guy. Vogel is a guy who who doesn't doesn't get a lot of credit, and I think a lot of people thought that um, after his Orlando stint that he was he was pretty much done. He might be one of those guys that gets a shot here or there, maybe for a, for a lesser franchise, but. He, he's done a good job coaching that team, especially considering the fact that it's two guys and then a bunch of guys who may or may not show up. Yep. And, and Miami, younger, better, more athletes. I think they could give the Lakers some trouble uh, in that regard. Very physical. But I still think the top two guys, it's, at the end of the day, as we've learned, like when you have a top, when you got two legit top tier stars on your team that's very difficult to overcome. I mean it'll happen once in a while, like the Pistons of 04. But the IQ with of LeBron, I think, is like off the charts. So I think Yeah, uh, and, and, like, and he like, has Sorry, but he he's one of the few guys in this series that can I mean the two guys in this series when you're down and we, we talked about this with the Raptors not having this type of guy, they, they have two guys who can just completely take over a game hero did it to a certain extent bam did it in game six i don't like jimmy butler sure maybe but the two guys who you can count on when you need it are ad and lebron they're coming to play and they like lebron specifically has done this before and he can carry a team even at 30 what, 36 36 mm-hmm. yeah, he's 36 yeah, even so. at 36 he'll be, he'll be 36 December. He'll be 36 in December. Okay. Yeah. Even at even at 36, he, he's he's the guy that can take over the series. And nobody else on either roster can take over the way he does. So let's see. It'll it'll be interesting. It'll be like I don't I don't I don't care one way or another who wins. I'm not like when I was a when I was a kid, I was a I was a Heat fan, but I, I don't have that affiliation with them anymore. I, I've never been a Lakers fan, so I, I don't it, it's nice to sometimes just be able to sit back and just watch and, and appreciate what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, but being a unbiased opinion, it, like it's for me, it's the Lakers. Yeah. I think, I think the Lakers will win it just because of the two guys that can take over the takeover factor. I think, I think we've been going for an hour. So I, I think, I think we've hit, uh, we've probably hit our limit. Um, I don't know. Is there, is there anything else? Uh, you guys want to? You guys want to mention any anything? Any interesting stuff that you guys have been watching sports related lately that that you maybe want to just throw out there? Interesting stuff. Oh, well, the soccer games were pretty interesting. Man City got dismantled. Bayern lost four one. Uh, streak of like twenty three games or something. So that was pretty cool. I mean, not cool for Bayern, but I mean the streak itself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but other than that, good stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I so I, one thing I wanted to mention. I, I, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they looked they looked good. Uh, nice to get the win. Um, let's just see how the season progresses when we actually play some some talent. Suarez had a had a good uh, mm-hmm. good debut. Apparently, I, I didn't see it, but um, it's uh, it's going to be weird this season, especially with the the issues that Spain's having COVID related. So let, let's see if they make it through. I'm really curious to see how Coutinho looks in this role. Yeah, that that's a big question mark. That's it's it's a it's a huge question that needs to be answered. And and then when you look at just just the way the lineup shakes shakes up, like the the fact that Busquets is still in there, and, and I think Coleman is probably going with with some of the veterans in there. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if he if he keeps that spot for much longer. I don't think so. I think they should have eventually move on to to the younger guys, but I don't so make they, the decisions. So they have four two. They played four two three one for the most part, right? I didn't watch yeah. most the highlights. Yeah, and he kept talking a lot about using double pivot, and yeah, that's where Busquets has his value, right? Frankie de Jong. So. Um, I, I don't know who else do they have there who can probably play that role um, among the younger guys. Ricky Puj, that's the that's the name that you've been hearing. But then you also hear that Coleman wants to wants him to find a new home, which is yes. which is just crazy. But I think they're trying to get value out of out of any players that they can, just to kind of make the the money situation look a little bit better for the club. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it's interesting. We'll see Griezmann up top. So. Um, he did what he w- had been talking all along that he wants to uh, play this. Uh, um, I mean, tactically four two three one. But uh, I- I'm really interested. Uh, Fatty, I think, had a good game. So two goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's th- that's that's the big one. And and he's on a. I think his contract expires after this year. Uh, ended up signing with uh, Super Agent Jorge Mendez, which. It's probably not going to be good for the club. They're probably going to end up having to pay for him, but I, he, he's looking like he's worth it. Scott Boris. Yep. Yep. That's that's exactly it. All right. So I think we've come to the end of it. I, we'll probably get back. Uh, if we record again on Sunday, we're probably done with the J series somewhere halfway through the Lakers heat. I think that's probably a good spot. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we'll probably come back for that. Any uh, any last okay. words, Pramit? No, I think I summed up everything nicely. Wear, wear your mask, people. Wear your masks. All right. So, everybody, thanks for uh, thanks for watching or listening or ho- however you're you're consuming our show. If you have any feedback, uh, reach out to us uh, Instagram at Fox in One Pod, uh, Twitter, which hopefully I, I I hope to get a little bit more uh, more active on there. But I've been I've been posting here and there. Um, yeah, feel free to contact us, uh, subscribe to our podcast, um, subscribe on, on YouTube, comment, interact with us however you can, and just let us know what you think. Are we finished? Done.